Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Injured Reserve Podcast. Uh, Man, oh man. What do... uh, God. First of all, let me just say this. Is... This college, this past weekend of college football, we still got this uh, today for Sunday football and whatnot, but let's do a little review of this past week. Uh, I saw bits and pieces of the Michigan game. I had to work for the most part, but uh, I th- I'm somewhat confident. I know it's just only SMU, but uh, Shea Patterson looks solid. Very accurate quarterback, 14 of 18, uh, three passing touchdowns. Uh, still not a believer in the whole team, though, in Michigan. Uh, when it comes to comparing, I always like to take a comparison. Uh, when it comes to wanting to win it all, uh, I'm going to be honest. Right now, in the early, they're early. I mean, we're only in week three but um, of college football. But right now, the way it's looking is um, Ohio State and Alabama for the BCS title game. That's my prediction as of right now. Um, Ohio State just, uh, they had a big win last night against TCU. You know, um, uh, they put on a great performance, 40 to 28. Bama, they're just, you know, steamrolling everyone. Granted, Bama hasn't faced anyone either, but they're beating the teams that they're supposed to be, and they're just throttling them. Like, I mean, God's sakes, it was 49 to 7 in the first half. They end up finishing the game 62-7 against Ole Miss. Granted, I, I don't know why how that's even a hype game. I'll, I'll never get that or how that's even considered a rivalry. I don't see – it's I, I, I don't even see how Ole Miss is even in the conference in the SEC. Like, I don't get it. <laughs> they, I can't remember a time where they have been good. The last time they were good was probably the Eli Manning era. That's, I mean, that's, that's the last thing I can think of back in, like, 2003. Uh, but it Bama's just scary good, man. They got a running game, and now they got a passing game with this this Tua Tagaluva. I, I'm gonna chop up his name regardless, but that team is scary, and their defense, oof, it's that's a scary team, man. Clemson, uh, 38 seven. Uh, they also could be back in contention for the BCS, but I don't know. I just got this feeling it's gonna be the Buckeyes and uh the Crimson Tide. But like I said, we're st- it's still early. Uh. You know, uh, like I said, uh, Bama Bama hasn't really faced anyone. Neither uh, Ohio State did have their first challenge of the season against TCU. TCU put on a great game for the most part. I mean, it was 33-28 to 28 going to the, in the fourth quarter before uh, the Buckeyes put in that dagger. Then we had a couple upsets. Uh, I was at work, and I checked my phone, and, man, uh, LSU pulled off the last, uh, as time expired, that field goal against Auburn. And they hit that field goal, uh, being 22-21, to 21, I believe. If I can find the score here. Uh, Miami, uh, 49-24 against Toledo. Texas, uh, just, man, I, I wouldn't say so much of an upset, but, man, I guess you could consider an upset how you see if a top 25 team gets beaten by an unranked team. Texas just killed USC, 37-14. I don't think USC's going to be the USC that we knew, you know, from recent years and whatnot. Arizona State lost to San Diego State, 28-21. Uh, they were ranked, Arizona State was ranked 23rd in the nation. Uh, Oklahoma State just killed Boise State 44 to 21 
but yeah. Oh God. Notre Dame getting. Uh, here's another thing. Notre Dame. They're just squeaking by teams right now. Vanderbilt uh, put up a good fight against Notre Dame. Notre Dame won 22 to 17. It was uh, 16 to three going in the ha- uh, halftime, and then you know, and then 16 10 for the most part for a little bit in the fourth. But uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think personally. Notre Dame and Michigan are just good teams. They're not on that level of Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson. I'm just being real with everyone right now. I don't. They're just good teams. They'll get a solid bowl game. They'll finish the season like nine and three. That's the way it's looking. I'm I'm gonna be a very harsh critic, man. I don't. I'm not one of those typical Michigan fans that like all oh, we're doing it this year. It's just. Look, man, Jim Harbaugh needs to stop taking his kids overseas to Rome when it comes to the offseason or whatever, study abroad or whatever the hell he's doing. Need to stop with that. But I don't know. Can Shea Patterson lead us to the promised land? Who knows? Um, he's 1-5 overall against Michigan State and Ohio State. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be I'm gonna be very hard hard critic when it comes to my Wolverines this year. No more excuses, no more nothing. Uh, Oklahoma and Iowa State that that game kind of surprised me. Iowa State to be able to you know they they stuck in that fight. Um, you know, 37-27 they lost by ten, but still I mean to put them on the numbers against a big Big Twelve team like them uh, that was pretty impressive. Georgia throttle Middle Tennessee. 49-7, but, uh, yeah, uh, but with that being said, that was just a little week three, uh, recap, uh, today, we're gonna go into a little week two review of, uh, the NFL, and, uh, man, it's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting, uh, some of y'all Lions fans ain't gonna like me, let's put it that way, so, that you are listening to Injured Reserve Podcast. Welcome back to Angel Reserve Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I'm Mitchell Anderson. Man, so y'all Detroit Lions are not going to like what you're going to have to hear after that sorry-ass Monday night football performance. I don't get it, and I've been telling every Lions fan this past year, or coming in, following into this year, is simple as this. Y'all should have kept Jim Caldwell. You guys were doing just fine. I don't get I don't get the problem when it came to the Jim Caldwell era. I did not. I mean, he if you look at his resume, it's pretty solid. Two out of the four seasons, he made the playoffs. I mean, I think he his first season they they were like eight I think uh they were eight and eight, excuse me. And then they went like ten and six, nine and seven, nine and seven. And one of those nine and seven seasons they made the playoffs. And the season last year, they should have made the playoffs as well. Technically, they were literally one game away from not making the playoffs. So three out of the four seasons, they would have made the playoffs with Jim Caldwell. The only thing is, they Detroit literally got ripped off on uh, Mickey Mouse play. It was a home game last year against Atlanta, where they scored, but yet uh, 
something but the replay or something, and then the time ran off during the whatever. I don't know. It was some. It was something messed up, but it makes sense. Nonetheless, Detroit was literally one game away from the playoffs. Playoffs last year. So it's just, I don't get it. Matt Patricia. The thing is, the problem with Matt Patricia is that he's trying to bring in that Bill Belichick mindset mentality over to Detroit. He's trying to duplicate what Bill Belichick is doing in New England. But he needs to understand something. He's not Bill Belichick. And, you know, it's just usually sequels don't do so well in the box office. You catch my drift? You know, unless you're like a Martin Scorsese or a Christopher Nolan kind of like director or something like that. Or a Francis uh, Coppola, like the Godfather trilogies or something like that. Then yes, but that's very, very rare. Nonetheless... You look at all the coaches that departed from Bill Belichick and they haven't gone off to do so well. So, and Matt Patricia's one of them. Detroit, I, I love y'all, but, and I, <laughs> but it's just the fan base that gets on my nerves. Same thing with the Dallas fans. Same thing where, excuse me, let me be more specific, the Dallas Cowboy fans and the LeBron James fans. I love LeBron James. Great guy. He does a lot for the community. You know, he's when it comes to the community, he is the GOAT. Basketball court, eh, different story. Very different story. But with that being said, that's neither nor here or there. So with Matt Patricia, man, y'all y'all messed up. <laughs> I'd be surprised if he last two seasons in Detroit, to be honest with you. You, you guys should have kept Jim Caldwell. There was nothing wrong with him. He was doing great things in Detroit. He was, he, you know... And the locker room liked him. That's the thing. That was the, that was the key element. The locker room liked him. Now, there's reports coming out. The locker room doesn't like what Matt Patricia's doing. And it's, it's not going so well. I mean, <laughs> and it's not, it's not just, I'm not going to solely blame the game on him. Keep in mind, Detroit, y'all have the second highest paid quarterback in the NFL in Matthew Stafford. If you had the second highest paid quarterback in the NFL, right? Second highest paid quarterback. And he's what? 0-3 in the playoffs? I mean, that's let's take actually let me look that up. I'm gonna look that up. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident. Look up Stafford stats here real quick. Cause I'm pretty sure he don't have a playoff win. Uh Oh man, oh man. Let's see here. Stafford is 0 and 3 in the playoffs. His entire his entire NFL career. 0 and 3. <clears throat> He made the playoffs in 2011, <clears throat> and then 2014 and 2016. In 2011, they faced the Saints. 14, it was the Cowboys, which I I be you know I be a little I be a little easier on them because they should have won that game against Dallas. That game was in Dallas, and karma came came back on Dallas because literally that following week, Des Bryant in the controversial call. You know, with the catch, did he not catch it against Green Bay? But, um, 
But de- some reason Dallas fans forget like there were three minutes left in the clock and it was in Green Bay and they act like Aaron Rodgers was going to lead for a game winning drive in that game. But that's neither nor here or there and that's a discussion for another day. So, with that being said, uh, man, 2016, yeah, they lost. They hung in there for the most part against Seattle. <clears throat> uh, but, uh, nonetheless, I mean... I don't know. Stafford's stats in the playoffs really aren't like, you know, like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? Overall, you know, 74, 117 overall, 63% completion percentage, four touchdowns, three interceptions. And keep in mind, his interception ratio is, I don't know what it is, but with that being said, you know how many four-plus interception games he has in his career? He leads everybody in the league with five. He has five games where he has four or more interceptions in a game. That's nuts. That's unheard of. And you're paying this man the second most amount of money in the league out of quarterbacks. With now being at Aaron Rodgers. Which is makes sense. But, uh, oh, man. Detroit, y'all going to have a long season, I'm telling y'all. Yeah, I ain't going to lie. Detroit, it's going to be a long season for y'all. So buckle up, do what you ever got to do, call back Megatron, <laughs> you know, that's pointless probably, because he, he even knew Detroit wore out his wheels real quick, same thing with Barry Sanders, it's just, once I saw you guys got rid of Jim Caldwell, my first thought was like, that was their first mistake for the following next season, so, it's just, ugh, I'd say 5-11, and 6-10 at best for Detroit. So, with that being said, uh, you're listening to Injured Reserve. I'm going to take a quick little break, and we're going to this week recap of the NFL. Welcome back to Injured Reserve. Man, so... <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so, now that I ripped on uh, the good old Detroit Rock City of uh, the Lonely Lions, I don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not gonna be biased. I'm gonna rip on my Pittsburgh Steelers nonetheless. How in the blue hell do you tie tie the Cleveland Browns in the first game of the season? So technically, that's like it's it's not a win, it's not a loss. And Cleveland can mark that up as like a W, I guess, in their column because they didn't lose since the first time of like Christmas Eve of 2016. So, man. <sighs> I don't know. Like, Steelers have the tools. You know what I mean? Like, everything you got, you got, everything's there. You got the fork, you got the knife, you got the salt, you got the pepper. You just need the steak. And. So basically, the only thing that's missing is our quarterback. How the blue hell do you throw one touchdown and four interceptions? It's honestly come to the point where it's like, does he even want to play this game anymore? Does he want to be in the league? Because right now, what I'm looking at is that he's not in that level of a Drew Brees or a Tom Brady or uh, an Aaron Rodgers right now. He's just at that point where he was an elite quarterback and now he's just a good quarterback. You know what I mean? So it's just like, this is a man that went to three Super Bowls and won two of them. And now, it's just like, last year he's complaining about the locker room, this and that, having this little drama, and uh, it's just, I'm over it. 
So it's like, look, man. It's just like, just focus on the now instead of what's going on in the backdrop. Solve it on your own. Don't complain to reporters about it. And do your own thing. Don't bring that unnecessary Mickey Mouse bowl out into, you know, the public eye. That just causes more distraction for yourself and the team. So, Big Ben just needs to, you know, just quit being a big baby. So, with that being said, you throw four interceptions. You need to stop pointing the fingers. You need to focus on yourself and even know, like, does he even have it anymore? It's like, look, man, if you don't, like, come week four or five, just put him on the bench. We'll put in Mason Rudolph or Joshua Dobbs. And we'll, you know, because we, we have the tools. James Conner, oh, my God. Like, I'm so happy for that young man considering the fact that in three years ago, he tore his MCL and then when he tore his MCL, this is while he was in college at Pittsburgh, when he tore his MCL, he was also finding out that he had, he had uh, lymphoma or Hodgkin's disease or whatever, but either way, he had cancer. So with that being said, he comes back from the injury and ca- beats cancer, gets over 25 carries, over 100 yards, and three rushing touchdowns. And it's just like, you know, so... Le'Veon Bell can do this and that. He can keep complaining about the money, the contract, whatever. And I don't, I don't necessarily agree with his teammates calling him out, you know, in front of everyone, his linemen, this and that. But nonetheless, that's neither nor here or there. What's being assessed right now is Le'Veon Bell is missing. He's in his final year of his contract, and he's forfeiting his money, basically. So, I don't know. Like I said... Le'Veon Bell's probably going to get traded somewhere. Who knows where? But, I mean, I don't know. He's out He's out living his best life, and that, you know, he can do you. You know what I mean? So, that's, uh, I don't know, contract situations are, they're iffy. So, they offered him a solid contract, and he didn't like it. I can't remember what the amount was, but obviously he wasn't happy with that. But, hey, James Conner's like, I'll fill in that role. I'll fill in that shoes. Is he as versatile as Le'Veon Bell? Absolutely, positively not. But he is a power back, and he's able to, you know, move the chains. He averages four or five yards a carry. That's perfect. That's fine. You know, just get the job done. And he's doing it perfectly so far in week one. Granted, it was against the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Excuse me about that. I, had a, I got interrupted by a phone call. But as I was saying, um, James Conner's getting the job done nonetheless. Happy with Pittsburgh when it comes to the running game. Defense, get, it's a lot better than last year. But I'll slow my roll since it's only week one. And it got and I didn't sound like a broken record, but it is Cleveland. And so with that being said, <coughs> um, Cleveland situation, um, honestly, it can be really simple when it comes to the quarterback scenario considering the fact that if Tyrod Taylor puts on a ninth, another performance of 15, of like 40, then Baker Mayfield, we could see him playing in the field as soon as next week. That's just my prediction. I think if Tyrod Taylor doesn't get the job done, you Pittsburgh turned over the ball six times. Let me re- reiterate that for the people that haven't heard me. Six times against Cleveland. Four interceptions, two fumbles. Turnover ratio... I think it was like 6-1 to one or 6-2. So they're plus 4 in the turnover ratio for Cleveland playing in their favor. And you don't, you don't win the game. Pittsburgh ties. Six turnovers in Cleveland. They tie the game against Pittsburgh. 
So either Cleveland is really that bad or Pittsburgh is, you know, just that good. I, I don't know. Either way, it's just it was a slot. It was a slappy game from Pitt and Cleveland should have won that game. Both teams had the opportunity to close it out in overtime with field goals and both missed. Actually, I think TJ Watt blocked the field goal that that would have gave Cleveland the W as time expired. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Chris Boswell missed, which actually kind of surprised me because he's been overall for his career, he's like 88, 90% overall for his career. And he was pretty clutch last year for us. Oh, man. But I don't know. Got the Kansas City Chiefs. They're, they're a pretty solid team. It's the first home game of the year. Uh, it's supposed to be sunny, 72 degrees, opposed to last week where it was just rainy and just like 60 degrees. Uh, Lions got 49ers, and we'll see how they bounce back. It's in San Fran. Oh, God. I, I don't know. Uh, big matchup, Carolina Panthers against uh, the Atlanta Falcons. So, see how the Atlanta Falcons do. Uh, after that, you know, kind of iffy performance that they had. Uh, like, same thing, same perspective when it comes to Matt, uh, Big Ben. I think Matt Ryan is in that same category where it's just like he's just a co- good quarterback. He'll have a few seasons where it's like, all right, he's elite. Like, you know, his MVP year when they went to the Super Bowl. And now he's just like, eh, he's just a good quarterback. You know what I mean? So you got the Matt Ryans, you got the Ben Roethlisberger's, you got the Alex Smiths, you got the Kirk Cousins that are just, eh, just a good quarterback. Not exactly elite, not exactly the Brady, the Breeze, the Rodgers. Uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the name of other few, but... You, you catch my drift. So, I don't know. Um, same thing with Cam Newton, too. He's, he's a good quarterback. You know, big dude. Can scramble. He's mobile. You know, but I had him in fantasy last year. I, it, I it, He was too inconsistent. That's the problem. One week, he'll get me 17, 18 points. And then the next week, he'll get me 9 or 8. And it's just like, eh. It's it's hard to tell with Cam Newton. <clears throat> man, oh man. Browns taking the Saints today, and God, I'm I got the Saints defense, so they should. <laughs> I would hope they'd be fine against Cleveland. Well, who knows? This is the NFL, and so. Oh man, uh, Thursday night football. So. <laughs> Since he won, they're two and all on the year, thirty-four to twenty-three. Get the first win in the AFC North division against Baltimore. And I don't know what's up with Flacco. Thirty-two fifty-five, three hundred seventy-six yards, two passing touchdowns. The problem is, is that when he's throwing the ball, it seems as if the defenders are clearly reading where he's throwing. Concern, you know, I just I don't get it. Like, how do you? <clears throat> Excuse me. Like the week before, they go off against Buffalo and killed my Buffalo Bills defense on fantasy. And uh, I don't, I don't know. I think if if Flacco, he's just he's another one that's just a good quarterback. But he's just so inconsistent, though. 
It's just, oh, it's it's iffy to tell with him. And I like Lamar Jackson. We could see him soon enough too. So who knows how that's gonna go. Um, but yeah, since he's looking pretty solid right now, I if I'm being honest, I would say they're the they're the early favorite for the AFC North division. I'm just being honest. <laughs> uh, Marvin Lewis is a solid coach. The problem is, is for his 15th or 16th. 16 years coaching is that he can never grab that official playoff W, you know what I mean? He's 0-7 in the playoffs. How he's able to keep his job, I don't know. Um, it's just, I don't know. He's he's a good coach. It's just he's one of those coaches that's just like, eh, he can just never get the job done. <coughs> Excuse me. But... I don't know. Um, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy this week. Uh, so Detroit at San Fran, uh, Carolina at Atlanta, Los Angeles Chargers at the Bills, Minnesota Vikings take on uh, Green Bay Packers. First encounter of the NFC North division. That's gonna be. Uh, I don't know. Minnesota, and their defense is still the same as last year. I don't know. We only seen one game, so it's kind of iffy, but I don't know. This is with Aaron Rodgers back now, though. He was hurt. You know, he was out last year, so so who knows. Um, Houston Texans take on Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. Um, some people are saying with Marcus Mariota's injury, he could be done for the rest of his career, which is uh, shell-shocking enough. And very sad, because that's the same type of in- injury that I believe ended Denard Robinson's career. If y'all don't remember Denard Robinson, he was the quarterback at Michigan. He wasn't really the most accurate quarterback, but he was a playmaker, and he was fun to watch. He, was, he wasn't a big dude either. He was maybe 5'11", maybe 6' foot at best. But, man, he, he could run and scramble make big plays whenever he could. And um, he... Uh, End up transitioning from quarterback to running back in Jacksonville and did solid for the most part. And then he ended up getting the knee injury and that was done. I think another quarterback that ended his career was Jason White. For those who really don't know who that is, I won't be uh, shocked by that either. Jason White was a quarterback at Oklahoma who won the Heisman back in like 2002, 2003, I want to say. He was another quarterback at Oklahoma and then he had his knee injury. that was, I want to say, similar to this one, and he never played again either. He never even played in the NFL because I think I believe it happened in college. It might have been preseason, but I think it was, uh, I want to say it was college. So it's, it's sad, man, because, you know, a young, a young man like that, that's, that sucks because uh, he, he was fun to watch at Oregon. <clears throat> um. Like I said, Cleveland at New Orleans. I start New Orleans uh, defense. Hopefully they go off. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, let's see here. Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets. Philadelphia Eagles at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Colts at Redskins. Cardinals at Rams. Raiders at Broncos. That's not, man. That's So let me get... Hold on, let me finish this. 
Patriots at Jaguars, Giants at Cowboys. So let me reiterate when it comes to the Raiders. <coughs> I, I I know I sounded off on this last week, but man, you Raiders, I I don't get John Gruden. He better get his his shit together too, because as far as I'm concerned, he's in a similar scenario as Matt Patricia. He can try and take his little old school football mentality that he took from ten years ago when the last time he coached. But he needs to realize it's a different game. It's a different game plan. Things are played different nowadays. You know what I mean? It's more of a, you know, kind of a shootout kind of thing where people like to see, you know, a lot of passes, not so much running. Running is kind of like, I don't want to say a dying commodity, but, you know, running backs is, like, really not a big thing nowadays. You can't really name too many big-name running backs nowadays. You know what I mean? I mean, back in the day... Ten years ago, you had Adrian Peterson, Priest Holmes, um, Willie Parker in his prime before Willie Parker got hurt. Um, God, I'm trying to think of it. Oh, God. I'm trying, trying to think of a couple other big-name running backs back in that heyday. Uh, but anyhow, not to get too sidetracked, Oakland, I don't know what y'all are doing. Uh, John Gruden, a.k.a. Chucky, is what people like to call him. <laughs> His statement, well, that still cracks me up. He's like, we need to figure out how to get to the quarterback and put pressure on him. It's like, you literally let go of defensive player of the year, Khalil Mack, who was responsible for about 30 to 40% of your team's sacks last year. That's why you can't get the pressure on the quarterback. It's because when you take a missing piece like that, it's going to be a problem. And obviously enough, Cleo Mack is making his presence known in Chicago. It's where, granted, Chicago lost, but still they put up a fight against uh, Green Bay. So, if Green Bay, if, Chicago's not too not too shabby of a team. Mitchell Trubisky's learning a little bit more. If he can just, you know, I think he can be into that good quarterback area. So, but that's why you're missing your quarterback pressure. It's because of Cleo Mack. You miss someone like that, man. You better pray to God those next year's draft picks are worth like Cleo Mack, but I, I doubt it nonetheless. Oh, it's. I don't see Oakland doing so well either. I see a 5 and 11, 6 and 10 at best also. And it's going to be, you know, catching hell for John Gruden right off the bat. 10 year, 10 year contract, $100 million. Just let that sink in. 10 mil a year. So, John Gruden, hey, man, get your shit together. Matt Patricia, get your shit together. I'm telling y'all right now. So, but with that being said, this is the Engine Reserve Podcast. Going to take a little break, and we'll be right back to discuss the, the controversy of Triple G and Canelo fight. This is Engine Reserve, and man, oh man, there's been people going nuts over social media and everything about this Triple G and Can- Ooh, excuse me, Canelo Everest fight. I'll be honest, I didn't watch the fight, but I saw the highlights, and it's just like, honestly, man, if it's not Deontay Wilder, anything of like the heavyweights, then 
I'm just like meh about it. And, you know, I'm just want like you're just hoping to see a knockout. And you would think with these two guys, with these kind of caliber fighters, you would see a knockout between the two. But I guess a lot of people. I was reading the comments and everything, and people are saying Triple G won, and Canelo did this, and blah blah blah. And I guess I don't know how boxing exactly is scored, but they gave majority of the decision to Canelo. And I guess Canelo, from what people were saying, was the aggressor of the fight. He was constantly keeping the pace and bringing the fight towards Triple G, I guess. So, I don't know. I guess if that has a factor in it, then I guess. I I don't know. So, a lot of people were salty about the fight. Uh, I see see the highlights of both, man. I really didn't, you know. I like both fighters, you know. Very extremely talented, and I give guys like boxers and MMA fighters all the credit in the world because God knows the training is excruciating, and then just you know the repercussions after a fight is just nuts. I mean, you, you just recovery mode, and God knows how many headshots you've taken. It's just pretty much definitely our modern day gladiators, no doubt. But man, it's a uh, a lot of people were pretty salty about it. I I don't know. I don't know how the whole boxing thing works. You know, and now Floyd Mayweather's talking about having a rematch rematch with Manny Pacquiao for a part two fight. And I'm honestly not interested. Cause it's just it's gonna be a run around and Floyd will do his jabs jibs you know, his jabs. He's a defensive fighter. There's nothing wrong with that. It's so but you know, he's going to get the W, and it's going to be a boring fight. And people are going to be like, why did I spend 50, 60 bucks on a pay-per-view on a fight like this? And I'm just going to tell you, why did you expect something different return? I don't consider Floyd the GOAT, necessarily. But he's definitely, you know, while he's definitely top 10 all time. His defense is just untouchable compared to anybody else. But, I don't know, we'll see what happens. And, um... I don't know. It's just, I, I, if that fight does happen uh, between a Mayweather and Pacquiao too, I'm not gonna expect anything big. I'm definitely not gonna buy the fight. I don't care who who you are. <laughs> I'm not gonna buy the fight. It's gonna be boring. Floyd wins. He and then, so people people buy that fight to see Floyd lose. People hate Floyd. I don't mind Floyd. I like Floyd because he's a he's a marketing genius when it comes to these kind of things. So when it came to him and Conor McGregor, yeah, people are like, this is stupid. Why is this fight happening? Truth be told, those two were shaking hands behind the behind the curtain. You know what I mean? They're like, we're going to make bank off this fight. Let's go do our promos, trashing each other. But at the end of the day, you and I are on the same team. We're going to make so a ridiculous amount of money. It's going to be nuts. And Conor McGregor, truth be told, I mean, <coughs> he... He he hasn't fought in the UFC since since that fight. Now he's going to return for this Khabib fight, but he could retire right now, and I would have no problem with that because he makes more money in boxing. Now that's the only problem I have with boxing is why do boxing fighters make a ridiculous amount of fighters? And I get the the promotions, this and that, and the sponsors, but I feel like man, MMA fighters they they deserve to get as much pay as as boxers do, you know what I mean, it's just, I don't know, that's just my spectrum, uh, I feel like MMA fighters deserve to get more, get paid just as well as boxers, but, uh, I don't know, 
I'm looking forward to the Connor, Connor and Gabib fight, which is in a few weeks here, come October. And I'm looking forward to Bellator as well. Well, my boy Fedor Milenko takes on Chael Sonnen, Chael Sonnen, aka the American Gangster, and then Ryan Bader takes on Matt Mitrion. That's gonna be the heavyweight Grand Prix uh, semifinals, and whoever whoever those guys win will meet in the finals for the heavyweight championship for Bellator. So, um, that being said, man. Uh, God, I have one more thing to discuss, and it totally lost, totally bounced off my mind. Oh, yeah, so for all my nerds out there, Henry Cavill, or how you pronounce his last name, Cavill, supposedly is rumored to be leaving Superman. I know, it's a hell of, it's a, hell of a segue, but uh, either way, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, he's done three DC movies of Superman. I liked him as Superman. And I know here at QL the haters, but the DC movies aren't as bad as everyone says they are. They're not. Are they on the level as Marvel? No. But are they good? Yeah. They're not they're not bad as everyone says. Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice. Not that bad of a movie. I give it probably a B I I probably give it like a B movie. It probably I thought the fight fight scenes could have been a little bit better between him uh, between Batman and Superman, but nonetheless, I loved the movie. Suicide Squad, not that bad movie. Probably give it a B minus. Probably thought the ending could have been better. Um, let's see, Justice League, again, not bad. I give it a B movie, not as bad, you know. So I thought, like I said, the ending perhaps could have been the ending fight sequence could have been a little bit better but nonetheless i loved the movie didn't think it was as bad as everyone said it was so now like i said marvel movies cinematic universe amazing compared to dc yeah not, it's not even close I, i'll be fair with that one <coughs> now when it comes to the animated movies dc is over marvel if you didn't like batman vs superman Watch The Dark Knight Returns. That movie was, you know, it was, I, I would definitely say it was better than the cinematic one. You'll enjoy that one. But DC Universe uh, animated movies, definitely over Marvel. No doubt, no question. So, but, I don't know. Support, I don't know. And then he posted something on IG, and it's kind of subliminal. He doesn't really give us a message, but about him leaving Superman or whatnot. Uh, Henry Cavill, I mean, but uh, Venom comes out in a few days. That's all I know, or not in a few days, probably a couple weeks. Tom Hardy, and then uh, oh yeah, that's what I was gonna discuss. Uh, the soundtrack of Venom is gonna be done by Eminem, and which I don't know about the rest of y'all, but I'm so sick and tired of this. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of going on my 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 social media and seeing MGK and Eminem beef. It's just like Jesus Christ. Let's just get over it. Let's be done with it. I just get done with this mayo fight and just let it be, let it go. Like, I don't care. It's just like, oh, MGK did this with Rap Devil, and now Eminem finally responded two weeks later with Kill Shot or whatever. It's just like, I, I don't care. It's just like, let it go. They're just, you know, it's just, you know, they're gaining more popularity. Popularity is all it is, but I don't know. Kamikaze is great. I will say that Eminem's Kamikaze album is amazing. I, I like the the features, you know, with uh, Joyner Lucas and Royce the Five Nine. I loved it. 
Definitely, I would say it's better in Revival. Re Revival, I didn't mind, but it's not as good as Kamikaze. Kamikaze was definitely a, a step up uh, over Revival. Oh, man. But uh, with that being said, uh, I hope you all have a great Sunday. This is Mitchell Anderson on Injured Reserve. I'll talk to you all sometime next week. God bless.